morning, Collingwood and Penrith. And welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. As always, we pay respect to the traditional custodians of the lands we're coming from, the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation. Well, Jono, before we get into an amazing weekend of grand finals, what were some of your other sporting highlights from the week that has been? Yeah, of course. A couple really big things have happened on top of this amazing grand finals weekend here in Australia. But I'd start with... The big news in the NBA is Damian Lillard off huge. to the box, leaving Portland. Huge. Look, you could look at it from both sides. It's huge news that he finally left Portland, or also huge news that now he's teaming up with Giannis. Yep. I don't know if it's the greatest of fit, but it's just going to be something that clearly everyone's going to be looking for. Um, but it's just another one of those kind of super teams. I will say, for Giannis, I think it's absolutely incredible. He's stuck with essentially what is a small market team yep. and said, I'll bring the stars to me. Yep. And he's now basically doing that. So I think it's fantastic for the league to see a team outside of the kind of bling teams and everything like that to be able to do that. So hats off to them, but we'll see if it all turns out in their favor. Also, I think regardless of how they did it, the result of Tottenham beating Liverpool is huge. Huge. Um, they moved. They moved up, you know, to second in the standings right yep. now. Very early days, but I think in terms of what Ange is supposed to be doing, in terms of not having Harry Kane, this is the absolute best start that anybody could have had. Um, I don't think anyone really expected them to be off to such a good start as well. Again, it doesn't matter of how the way that they came about with the win. The fact of the matter is, this Tottenham team, it's just about getting the three points every single week. And then lastly, the MLB playoffs, so Major League Baseball, has kind of secured itself. And for the first, uh, second time since 1995, the top three teams with the highest payrolls all did not actually make the playoffs. Huge. So that's the Mets, Yankees, and Padres. I guess I would like to also say that technically the Yankees, if it was an overall league standing or something like that, would be one of kind of in the top echelon. They just have a very tough division, but... It also just shows that money does not buy championships sometimes. Yeah, that's huge news out of the Major League Baseball. For me, Jono, the Women's Super League kicked off over in England, um, obviously off the back of a very successful Women's World Cup, and over 50,000 fans turned up at the Emirates, uh, where Liverpool upset Arsenal. Obviously, a trio of Australians now plying their trade at Arsenal, while defending champions Chelsea defeated Tottenham, and Manchester United beat Aston Villa with an injury time winner. But it's great to see... Big crowds turning out for the yeah. Women's Super League. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, the Mexican boxer, confirmed he's the undisputed yeah, king one. of the middleweight division with a unanimous victory in Vegas over American challenger Jamel Charlo, uh, who came up two weight divisions. But Jono, Canelo Alvarez confirming, um, obviously, his greatness at that weight division. And Team Europe defeated Team USA in yeah. golf's Ryder Cup in Rome, 16.5 to 11.5. The USA remain winless on European soil since 1993. Crazy. While neither team has lifted the trophy away from home in 11 years. So great scenes uh, over in Rome and, and good on Team Europe. We saw a bit of spice with Rory McIlroy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously getting a little bit angry with one of the uh, caddies who he said was uh, distracting him. Um, so a bit of spice there, but obviously always a great event. The Ryder Cup. Well, Jono, here in Australia, it was all about the two... Or a grand final weekend. Saturday afternoon was the AFL. Sunday day was the uh, NRL women's. And then Sunday night was obviously the men's uh, grand final. We'll start with the AFL. And an epic game, John. One of the best AFL grand finals, I think. Definitely in the modern era. Yeah. Collingwood, 90. Brisbane Lions, 86. There were over 10 uh, lead changes during the game. A game of momentum. Um, the first two quarters was quite free-flowing, plenty of goals kicked, and then obviously as the tension grew, uh, the game got a lot tighter, and in the end, a big 50-metre call 
uh, deep in the fourth quarter, which still side-bottom converted, uh, proved to be decisive. Played in front of over 100,024 at the MCG, so amazing crowd. But Jono, Collingwood win their 16th flag, meaning uh, and their first since 2010, bringing them alongside Essendon and Carlton with the most VFL and AFL flags. Uh, but what an amazing uh, grand final to end what's been a huge year in the AFL. Yeah, I mean... A huge year, huge crowd to do it in front of. Just absolutely immense atmosphere. And I think as well... Amazing atmosphere. Look, for those 100,000 that were able to witness that live, I think they're going to be just celebrating for days in terms of what they were able to see and what they were able to achieve this year. As you said as well, in terms of championships won and everything, bringing that step closer to kind of holding that title of their own of being, you know, the all-time leader in AFL. Um Look, I just think that it really just summarized what was a really good season in terms of those kind of top-tier teams as yep. well. As you pointed out, one of the best and tightest games in this kind of modern era and everything. I think quite often, in particular, we've seen it a little bit more in AFL um, than the other codes, is that sometimes it gets to this grand final and it's just kind of like blown wide well, especially open. Especially last open. year when Geelong yeah. hammered, obviously, out my hapless ones. <laughs> so you don't, look, you don't want to see that. You yep. want to see these tight games. And in this game, you had it all. As you said, you had the multiple lead changes. You had a bit of some unsung heroes as well, kind of stepping up and everything too. Uh, But just absolutely incredible. And I do think that overall, when you look at it in the longevity of the season... But Collingwood did deserve it. You know, they, yep. they did really yep. deserve this. What they've been able to do as well and as a recent in terms of being always consistently in the names of those yep. kind of top teams as well. Um, so it's it's now, it's it's there, they're up there and everybody else is essentially chasing at this point. Well, obviously last year Collingwood suffered that, uh, that one point loss yeah. in the preliminary final to the Sydney Swans in one of the great prelim finals. Obviously they've got, been able to go one step better, make the grand final and obviously win... Um, as I said, one of the best grand finals I think we've seen, especially in the last decade, 100%. probably since 2010, where there was that draw between Collingwood uh, and St Kilda. A small forward, Bobby Hill, won the Norm Smith medal for best on ground after four goals uh, for Collingwood. I thought he was influential. Yeah. Yeah. Also, young Nick Dacos was immense for the prizes. Yeah. He kicked one goal and collected 29 disposals. While Jordan Ngoi, we know he's a big game player, was crucial as well with 18 disposals and two big goals, including one deep in the fourth quarter to give Collingwood the lead once again. Looking at Brisbane, Jono, unable to break their premiership drought. Their last uh, premiership was back in 2003. Um, I thought they were immense as well, yeah. and obviously they added to this game. Even though Collingwood had more scoring shots and um, weren't able to sometimes convert that pressure, I thought Brisbane hung in there, and Charlie Cameron and Joe Danaher uh, both kicked three goals for the Lions, who were crucial um, up front. Brownlow medalist Lockie Neal did his best as well to try and wheel the Lions over the line with 21 touches. But as I said, John, that 50-meter penalty, yeah. which is given away by line, Jared Berry will be having nightmares um, about that on steel side bottom deep in the fourth quarter. That put the pies up by 10 points. And unfortunately, uh, Brisbane were unable to run that down. But Jono, Brisbane, a great year as well. Undefeated at home. Yep. Um, obviously got over that hurdle of, of being knocked out uh, early in the finals to be able to make this grand final. I think, Jono, with that roster, they'll be there thereabouts next year as well threatening, possibly again for a title. 
Yeah, I mean, 100%. Look, it also seemed like one of those games that if you're a Brisbane fan, it was that thing of, oh, we can do this, we can do that. As you pointed out, it wasn't necessarily Collingwood's best game in front. Um, they, did, they didn't necessarily kick straight all the no, time. No. So it was that thing of, you know, we've talked about this multiple times. Sometimes that comes back to haunt them. But overall, it was just the amount of opportunities that they yep. took, right, yep. was the difference in comparison to Brisbane. Brisbane just found it a little bit harder to actually get those opportunities in front. Um, but... Look, that whole game, you kind of just thought, okay, this could happen, this could happen. And then it did just turn into that late, late drama where then that just kind of seemed that it was just all too much for them. But an immense year. Um, I think also just being able to have such an incredible home record as well is something that you can really lean on to that you know at home your players just play a little bit different. So now the eyes are on the prize in the sense of, okay, how can we start cleaning up away as well? And and this is going to be a really good lesson for them because – Playing again, playing in front of a hundred thousand, which primarily were Collingwood fans as well. Yeah. Hopefully, some of these young boys can really take from this as well and move for the next year. But I definitely think we'll see both these names in in among the top next year, and it just really shapes up because there were a couple teams that didn't make it, of course, to the grand final. Who I think next year as well will be a force as well. So it's gonna, it's I think it's gonna be one of the most even campaigns moving into next year now. Also, an amazing weekend for Collingwood coach Craig McRae. Not only did he celebrate. Yeah. A grand final victory, yeah, actually. but his wife had a first baby, yeah. which I didn't yeah. think any of the uh, players were aware of until yep. uh, the pregame. So congratulations. To Double win for him. What a weekend yeah. um, to obviously have a, a grand final victory, your first as coach, second year in charge of Collingwood, and then um, also celebrate uh, a firstborn. So uh, a massive weekend, but an amazing grand final, John, on Saturday afternoon. And also special mention, Kiss. Yeah. I thought the pre-game entertainment it was exactly what you want yeah, on a yeah. grand final stage. Big rock, plenty of fireworks, Jono, and uh, them I think that just added uh, to what was an amazing afternoon. 100%. I mean, look, it's it's something that I think American sports do well is the yep. pre-game, yep. mid-game and everything like that. Um, but yeah, hats off to them. They, they did well with the organizing of that. Well, we thought Saturday afternoon it couldn't get much better than that. And then we had the NRL Sunday uh, day into night. So we started with the state championship grand final where the Rabbitohs defeated the Brisbane Tigers 42-22. to So obviously the New South Wales Cup winners versus yep. the Queensland Cup winners. So congratulations uh, to the Rabbitohs. Then we went into an epic women's grand final. Newcastle 24, Gold Coast 18. Yep. Newcastle going back-to-back. Gold Coast, obviously a remarkable year, turning around from Wooden Spooners last year to grand finalists this year. Uh, but the difference, John, was Newcastle fullback Tamika Upton, who also won the women's Dally M during the week, proved pivotal with two tries as Newcastle came from behind, as well as a special mention of Gold Coast coach Karen Murphy, who became the first female to lead a team to the decider. But, Jono, an amazing game, obviously, before we went into the men's game. A great year for the women as well, and, yeah. and a great grand final to finish their year off as well. Yeah, I mean, look, congrats to Newcastle for what was a, another historic year in terms of just yeah. absolute dominance. A powerhouse in that women's competition. 100%. But Gold Coast as well, look, I'd right. be so pleased with not only the year, yeah. but the way that you conduct yourself in this final two. There was actually a good solid point in this game where you thought they can do they it, They led right? for a while. Yeah, so it was just, it, it's, it sometimes is that overarching quality that it comes down to finishing. Similar to what happened almost yep. in the men's as well, yep. where you know sometimes the better team just finishes out a little bit stronger. But um, 
a men's year for both of them. Yep. Um, and both really are showing that um, that they're just on the right track for things in this very um, new, essentially still league of the of the NRLW. Yeah, we just see can Newcastle go three in a row? Yeah. Talking about three in a row, the NRL men's grand final, John, to round out the weekend. And what a game. Like we said yeah. about the AFL, a game Massive. for the ages will probably go down in history as one of the great grand finals. Penrith, 26. Brisbane, 24. Before we get into some of the individual uh, players here, Jono, Penrith recorded the biggest grand final comeback in history. They were down 24-8 to eight with around 20 minutes to go. Yep. And somehow were able to get over the line. Uh, Penrith, the first team to go three premierships in a row since the Parramatta Eels of the early 80s. And it was Penrith's fifth premiership overall and obviously confirming themselves as one of the modern great teams and potentially will go down as one of the great teams uh, ever. And Jono, I guess we got to start with Penrith halfback Nathan Cleary. He won the Clive Churchill medal as best on ground after obviously inspiring his team to a remarkable victory, one of the best performances ever seen, especially in that last 20 minutes of the game. Jerome Luai was forced from the field as obviously that shoulder injury that came yeah. in with blew up. He's unable to, to finish the game. And Nathan Cleary took his side on his back and just executed an unbelievable last 20 minutes. John Brisbane, I don't know, didn't see that coming. Um and Nathan Cleary really confirming himself as one of the as the best player in the league, and, and potentially will go down as one of the great players of our of this game. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. First off, congrats to Penrith for an absolutely whatever you think of them. Yeah, just dominant performance yeah. in the last three years. Yeah. Right, we yeah. we really just have to kind of sum it up in that yeah. sense. Um, as you said in this game as well, when when Drew Malai kind of went out, you knew he wasn't a hundred percent. But all year, right, that between him and Clear, they're kind of a one-two punch in terms yep. of yep. you know if one's kind of struggling, one kind of steps up. But this was just an absolute uh, brilliant individual performance to close out the game, right? He look, it wasn't that he had the best of game leading up to that last. Yeah, right. I thought he had, so had, even he quiet. admitted it. Even yeah. he admitted it. Kind of quiet. Yeah. But then. It was Exploded. just something that yep. just came to life with him that he said, you know what? I have an opportunity yep. here yep. to stamp myself into, you know, NRL royalty. And what also, also I think that Luai injury mm, forced Cleary. I, I think so as well. To He was going to have yep. to make those decisions. He was going to have to yep. put himself in the front line and, and come up with those big plays. 100%. And, and he did that. He yep. did everything that everybody would have wanted in terms of a big game player. Again, no matter what you think of Penrith, no matter, I, I don't think anybody can hate on Nathan Cleary now as well. As much as you you might want to, you really just have to respect what he's doing. This is this is a one of those kind of talents that you just kind of look at and you say, wow, this is a once in generation yep. kind of talent. Yep. What he's able to do, I love the fact as well that at Penrith you have that father son duo yep. as well, yep. which you rarely see in rarely sport. Yep. And the fact that it's at this level as well. Yep. So we're not only talking about a father son where a coach and uh, you know, a player, but we're talking about a coach at the peak of his career yeah, yeah. and a player at the peak yeah, of his career yeah. as well. And they're winning championships. When do you see that? So I think for everybody, as much as it would pain half the league's fans and everything to really just applaud this Penrith team, I think it's time to really just stand up and applaud them for what they are. Um, because you don't see this kind of dominance often, and it's just incredible the way they've been able to do that. And every single time you think that they might be out, they somehow come back. I guess the concern for the league too is Penrith. They're not going away anytime yeah, soon. Nathan yeah. Clear is 25 years of age, so he'll 
He'll be there yeah, for he's actually uh, so young. So many more years. Dylan Edwards, we saw the star fullback re-sign. Jerome Luai looks like he already signed. They've got uh, Fisher Harris has re-signed. Moses Leo. So this Penrith team, who knows where they could end yeah. up going? And, and Nathan Cleary, in his uh, acceptance speech of the Clive Churchill Medal, said they're only getting started. So yeah. that is scary yeah. for the rest of the competition. Also, some big shout-outs, I thought, in, in this game. Moses Leota yeah, up yeah. front for the Panthers was immense. He uh, ran 157 metres and scored the try, which began Penrith's remarkable comeback after Nathan Cleary was able to step his way through. The other player that I thought was amazing on the night was Stephen Crichton in the centres. He, he's going to be a loss for Penrith. I yeah. think he his game has just developed uh, unbelievably this year. was crucial in um, uh, setting up that pressure and, and also became... Uh, scored his fourth try in four consecutive grand finals. So an amazing effort by Stephen Crichton. Looking at Brisbane, Jono, obviously disappointment there. They almost had they had one hand on the yeah, trophy. Yeah. But a shout-out to Brisbane 5'8", Ezra Mann, who blew open the yeah, game in the second 100%. half with a 10-minute hat-trick. And it looked like he potentially win the Clive yeah. Churchill medal. And as a 20-year-old, deliver Brisbane their first premiership in 17 years. But... Jono, Penrith went about their business like we thought they would, and they kept star Brisbane fullback Reese Walsh relatively quiet, except quiet. for that, obviously, piece of quality in the second half where he set up Israel Man's third try when he sliced past Cleary. But what did you make of Brisbane? Um, disappointing, obviously, to not win it, but an amazing year by, by Kevin Walters, the coach, and, and to get that young team into a grand final. And again, they should be there next year yeah. threatening once again. No, I think that really this is... Look, for Brisbane, of course you can be disappointed when you're blowing a lead like that, right? I mean, this is the largest comeback in NRL grand final yep. history. So, yep. of course, first off, you'd be a little bit disappointed in that. But realistically, I don't think going into this year everybody would have anticipated such a monumental year. Yep. Um, I don't think that they would have thought that they would have competed at the level that they've been able to. Um, so really, you have such a young core you you got to try and as, as much as it would pain you because you had it, you got to take this as a bit of a positive. You had a lot yep. of players really step up and essentially show that they are quality and that they potentially, if they stay with this core, they can be a team like Penrith will come yep. back and be in the grand final once again. Um, but look, I think it's going to be hard because you're going to have the overall disappointment of this Absolutely. because of the way that they lost. It wasn't that Penrith just came out of the gates no. and kind of stole it from the start. The way that this happened will essentially break some some hearts in that in that yep, team. Yep. It, it doesn't matter about the fan base will bounce back. They'll talk about it, whatever. But in terms of the locker room, this will have a little bit of of, of bounce back. I yep, think right. Yep. This isn't a, this isn't just a normal loss. Um, so it's going to be how do they manage that moving forward because it can be catastrophic sometimes when you have a little bit of a locker room breakdown if people start pointing fingers. Um, but really they should take the positives because they had a lot, a lot of positives from this and they can really regroup and move forward to next year. Yeah, we saw Brisbane halfback Adam Reynolds, the disappointment on his face after loss and, and probably a little bit disappointing in that last 20 minutes. He was unable yeah. to get that momentum back for Brisbane, made some uncharacteristic mistakes. We saw him kicking out on the full with that line dropout when Cleary again came up with a big yeah. play by planting his foot um, outside of the, of the line. So Adam Reynolds, they, they got him in to be able to help Brisbane to win these sort of games, unfortunately was unable yeah. to do it uh, on the biggest stage of all. The other mention I want to give for, for a Brisbane player was Payne Haas, I thought was mm. immense. 40 tackles and ran for 150 metres. So I thought, again, he he certainly did everything he could to, to get his Brisbane team over the line. Unfortunately, John O, like with the women's grand final, individual quality 
with Nathan Cleary came to the fore in yeah. that last 20 minutes. And as they call him, the Iceman just kept his cool and was able to uh, make the big plays when needed. But an amazing grand final weekend, John. I, I haven't seen a grand final weekend like that in a long time. We've had an AFL and an NRL epics. Yeah. Um, and that brings to close another football season here in Australia. We'll wait again to till, uh, till next year for it all to start again. But... Uh, Deserved winners with Collingwood, uh, the Gold Coast Titans, and then, I mean, Newcastle Knights and uh, Penrith Panthers in yeah. terms of the NRL, NRL Women's, and the AFL. Well, as always, we'll end with five quick questions, John. I think you've got me this week. Yep, you ready? Let's go, mate. All right, switching over to American football, so essentially gridiron. Uh, in the NFL, Bill Belichick suffered his worst loss by losing to the Cowboys by 35 Huge. points. Do you think that for him, it is time that he should look after this season to kind of just hang up his uh, his whistle and his clipboard, basically. He's won so much. I don't think, for me personally, there's a need for he's him nothing to, to prove. Yeah, yeah, potentially, John. I think, obviously, everyone has their time, even the greatest coach, and he will go down as one of the great NFL coaches. So I think that franchise has a lot to think about. Obviously, still a big rebuild mm. with the with the roster as well, and is it time to start taking a new direction? Yeah, just don't, I don't know if he has it in him, just like he did when he built up Tom Brady in that yep. team. I don't know yep. if he has it in him again. Sticking with the NFL, we had, after another loss for the Bengals, you had Jamari Chase opened up to the media complaining about how open he is on the field and how he always feels like that he is open. We see this often in the NFL in terms of players speaking out to the media after. Do you like this type of talk or do you think that needs to stay within the locker room? I mean, for the media and for us, <laughs> it's great because we love play. We always complain that players and coaches aren't open language. enough. Yeah. But yes, there are probably certain things that need to be discussed within that locker room because I guess you, you sometimes will get some players and coaches offside if, if you're too open about exactly how you're feeling. But, I mean, for us, fantastic. Yeah. Whether or not some of his teammates like him talking like that, uh, that's, another, that's another question. Yeah, I'd, I'd be a little bit upset there if he's going to the media like that. Switching to the NBA, Drew Holiday, um, who was essentially a pivotal person in that whole Bucks team, playing both a very good two-way player. Originally, he got sent over to Portland, but has since teamed up in Boston with the likes of Jason Tatum, Porzingis, Jalen Brown. Do you think that that type of player is what they needed, or they needed someone a little bit different to add a little bit more fight to Jason Tatum? Because I do think that this Boston team is quite good defensively, and they did yeah. just add, essentially, a really good defensive player, just as Marcus Smart was, who they let let go yeah interesting one here um i didn't obviously we didn't see this one coming as well as we, as you said we he wasn't originally going to boston um whether it, it enables boston to take that next step mm. i'm still yet to be convinced but i do like holiday i think he is he will give something to that team but as you said does he give enough offensively yeah um for boston to be able to score enough points to, to really compete with the big boys uh, in the NBA and take that step further to win possibly a championship. Yeah, I do think he's still one of the most, in in, in a sense, underrated players in the NBA, but I don't know if he's the right person yep. for that yep. Boston team. Um, switching over to gymnastics, Simone Biles actually has now had her fifth stunt named after her after she was the first female gymnast to land a double pike in an international competition. Does this mean that basically she's just going to clean up shop in the next Olympics that is coming around the corner? This could be her last I think it'd be great to see. Obviously, we know that the struggles that Biles has, has been through. Um, and for her to go out in Paris next year on a high and dominate, I think that's what not only the gymnastics world, but I think sport fans 
who appreciate what she's done for that sport, yeah. I think it would be great to see. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all on Simone Biles to hopefully have a massive, as you said, potentially last Olympics. Look, she'll always go down as one of the best gymnasts, one of the best Olympians. It's just... And she's changed she can, that sport forever. 100%, 100%. And then lastly, we have Champions League right around the corner. Will United get a win cool. against Galatasaray? Tell you what, mate, it's going to be tough. I don't think any team is easy for us. Hopefully at home against Galatasaray, you'd hope that United come out and fight it and get, even if it's a result, even if they don't play necessarily the best, a result's key. So I'm going to say, yes, they're going to be able to scrape a win here because we're going to need one if we want to get through this Champions yeah. League group. But it's going, to be a, it's going to be a tough task. I don't think anything's easy. Uh, for United at the moment. Well, that brings you another episode of Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. As always, thank you for your support and good night.